You're listening to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ 750 AM. During the next hour, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Welcome to Catholic Chicago. Welcome to Focus on the Liturgy here on Catholic Community of Faith, 7.50 a.m. I'm Todd Williamson from the Office for Divine Worship. And I'm Timothy Johnson from Liturgy Training Publications. And Happy Easter to all who might be listening. Timothy, Happy Easter to you. Happy Easter to you as well. We are, uh, we are doing this remotely. I am in the studio and you are um, not, <laughs> but, on, <laughs> but on the phone, and um, we are hosting together again. We're here every fourth Wednesday of the month, and of course, this is Wednesday of the second week of Easter, um, just barely into this, uh, this, this profound season of new life, and obviously, that will be the focus of our show today. Every, every time we gather, every time we broadcast... We break open and uh, look at and discuss and unpack the various elements of the Church's corporate, communal, public worship life. And, and what an opportunity uh, in this unique time that we're in to break open the Easter mysteries. Oh my gosh, yes. Uh, yeah, the, the, uh, the experience of the Easter mysteries, <laughs> which are usually the uh, the, the the liturgy of the Triduum over the course of the three days of Holy Thursday, Good Friday, and Holy Saturday. Uh, the, those those are what we refer to as the Easter mysteries. And Timothy, this year they were a little different. Um, no, I need to say that again. This year they were a lot different. <laughs> they were very very different. Uh, for let me ask you, how did you uh, how did you celebrate Triduum? Um, well, here at, uh, at LTP, we actually did a retreat online this year, and so between that and gathering um, virtually with uh, family and friends to pray morning and evening prayer during the Sacred Triduum, um, that's that's kind of what I did, um, that reflecting on Scripture and just trying to engage the liturgy and the liturgical text in whatever way I could during those days to break them open and oh. use them in a prayerful way. Wow. How about you? Yeah, uh, everybody, right? Everybody celebrated uh, the Triduum and Easter Sunday. Um, everyone celebrated it uh, virtually this year. Uh, there were parishes in the Archdiocese of Chicago that did um, stream their Triduum yep. liturgies. Uh, the cathedral w- among them. Uh, was and that was the community with which I prayed on Holy Thursday, Good Friday, and Holy Saturday, and Easter Sunday was well. Um, so I, I, I was uh, participating at home in the cathedral stream liturgies. Um, and uh, let's, let's, let's talk about this just for a minute, because every listener, anyone who is listening, participated in the Triduum exactly that same way. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, 
I found it, um, as I said, profoundly different. But there were there were aspects of the various liturgies over the Triduum that I found very powerful. For example, Cardinal Supich pausing in the entrance procession to look at an empty cathedral. And, and you know that. You knew immediately that's what he was looking at. Just really struck me. Yeah, I, I saw some images of uh, Pope Francis as well in St. Peter's. A similar kind of idea uh, as he's walking into the Basilica and how empty that vast church is. And, and I couldn't help but think not only about Pope Francis or Cardinal Supich or any um, uh, of the clergy who were celebrating these beautiful um, high holy days alone in a church and what that might and must have been for them as well, like the experience of holding the community in their heart, in their prayer, um, and celebrating on our behalf. Um, it, it, it's a profound image, I think, uh, to think about. Oh my gosh, yeah. And and then those of us who were watching, holding the community, mm-hmm. holding the community and the presider and the ministers that we were watching, holding them in our hearts. Along, yeah, along with our families and friends and, and, and all of that. And it certainly provides a unique uh, experience of prayer and worship. I mean, one of the things I found myself doing um outside of praying the Liturgy of the Hours and, and watching the live-streamed um, celebrations and whatnot, was reflecting quite a bit on the experience of Triduum as a child. Um, and <laughs> in, in, a, in a good sense. You, um, you, you've, you've often talked about how you <clears throat> loved these liturgies as a child. Oh my gosh, yes. And um, so many memories came back, kind of flooding in, and my, my sisters and I, we spent a little bit of time sharing on Facebook different uh, songs that we would sing in our home church um, at the vigil or on Easter Sunday morning, and just kind of reminiscing. So in, in some ways it was a theological reflection, um, but also communal time with family to really remember what it was, um, and continues to be really, um, just uh, transformed and, and hopefully renewed in, in different ways. Um, as I've gotten older, and they've gotten older, of course. But it was a, a fun experience to uh, relive or recapture some of that and add that to my prayer, because I think it helped bolster um, my spirits a little bit about, okay, we can do this. Oh my we, gosh. We, we can get through this. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I lo- I, I'm glad that you mentioned that, that whole idea of of, of um, really needed, needed, needing to have been bolstered during those uh, those days, because because the experience was so different, and and even even the liturgies were different. I mean, for for all right. of, for all of the major liturgies of Triduum, Holy Thursday, Good Friday, Holy Saturday, they were altered by um, the Vatican this year, um, and then by the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops a, a little bit more. So um, they were they were celebrated in a way they never had been celebrated um, before. Uh, for for example, uh, Holy Thursday night, there was no procession with the Blessed Sacrament to the uh, uh, to right. the altar of repose. There was no feet washing. There was no washing of the feet uh, in in the Holy Thursday liturgies this last year. I missed that. I missed that. 
Well, yeah, and as you say that, um, I mean, those are so profound in, in the lives of those who celebrate these liturgies in the lives of the Church, for sure. And one of the beautiful things I, I witnessed, especially on Holy Thursday, since you mentioned the washing of the feet, was that uh, many of my friends or friends of friends uh, were posting pictures of how they were celebrating Holy Thursday in the domestic church in their houses, um, outside of watching their parish liturgy live-streamed or the cathedral liturgy live-streamed. A lot of families, I saw pictures where they were reading Scripture together, and then um, with little kids and parents, like, they were washing each other's feet. Oh, my gosh. Um, and oh some of goodness. the stories that, yeah, that were posted were how the parents were reflecting with their kids about what it means to do service. And I was like, well, this is really beautiful and profound. I mean, and and a unique, again, this, this and I think we said this in the last month's show, is um, though we're grieving and we're hurting during this time in, in some ways, it also could be a space that provides us a new space for reflection and engaging our faith in a way that, that maybe we, we wouldn't have um, without the opportunity to be shaken from our, our routine. Um, and I love that image of those families uh, gathering. I, you know, even on Good Friday, I saw pictures of folks posting that where they put a cru- their you know, sort of family crucifix um, on the table, and they were gathered around that, praying, again, the scriptures present, so they lit a candle. I actually have on my, my table um, a candle that um, has the risen Christ on it that my good friend LaDonna Herman made almost 20 years ago for me. And um, I only use it during Easter, and I light it, you know, for morning or evening prayer, and, uh, you know, it's handmade, and it's beautiful, and those kinds of things are, are what can draw us back um, into those memories, um, but also into the the real celebration of, of this exactly. season, of this time. Yep, the, the, the real present celebration. Okay, Timothy, as is normal, um, you... This is not on the outline that we, you and I put together for this. <laughs> we did not plan to talk this uh, about this, but I would like to continue. When we come back from this break, we'll pick it up there. Looking at, looking at the Triduum in COVID-19 times. Stay with us. We'll be right back with more Focus on Liturgy right after these messages. Pantries, home-delivered meals to seniors, evening-to-go meals for the homeless, financial assistance, counseling, and other services. These are all programs Catholic Charities has been providing for years to people in Cook and Lake Counties. And during the COVID-19 pandemic, we have worked to keep all of these programs going, never turning anyone away. The needs are urgent and they will grow, but we want you to know that we will be here, as we always have been, with food, housing, financial assistance, and ongoing support. Thank you to the many, many donors and partners helping us serve those most in need. We couldn't do it without you. Would you consider joining us too at this historic time? Go to catholiccharities.net to donate and to learn more about our volunteer opportunities. Thank you on behalf of all those we have the privilege to serve. Before, during, and after COVID-19, Catholic Charities is here. A census is about to take place in the United States. It only occurs every 10 years, and it's extremely important that we all participate. Hello, I am Cardinal Blaise Supich, here to tell you 
that I recently signed a proclamation of support for this nationwide initiative. I signed the proclamation because I know how critical the census is to our future. The census numbers determine political representation and the allocation of billions of dollars of federal, state, and local funds. Underserved neighborhoods especially need accurate counts so they can receive their fair share of improvements in infrastructure and services. Please respond to the 2020 census questionnaires. This is for citizens and non-citizens alike. All information is totally confidential and will not be shared with other government agencies. We all benefit from an accurate census count. Thank you for participating and may God bless you and your families. Welcome back to Focus on the Liturgy here on 7.50 a.m. Catholic Community of Faith. I'm Todd Williamson. And I'm Timothy Johnston. And we are talking about, um, we're talking about the Easter season. And just as an intro to that, uh, unscripted, Timothy and I started talking about how our experience of the Triduum was and um, how, how the experience of the Triduum was for most, if not all, Catholics this year. And um, as, as we noted before that first break there, Timothy, I think this is well worth a conversation, helping people to reflect back on uh, how they experienced the, the, the sacred mysteries, the Easter mysteries this year. Um, you, had, you had made that great comment about uh, how you saw evidence of people um, taking part in those aspects of the ritual that we just couldn't do this year. Uh, as we noted, the Vatican um, asked that the washing of the feet be omitted from Holy Thursday, uh, and they did this all in the with you know in the mindset of keeping people safe during COVID nineteen. Yeah. Uh, the the reverencing of the cross, the adoration of the cross on Good Friday, was done by the presider alone. And and again, Timothy, my experience was just watching Cardinal Supich venerate the uh, the crucifix uh, by himself. Uh, and uh, knowing and and actually witnessing that moment of prayer for him, um, I I I turned to the crucifix in my uh, room at that point and and bowed. Yeah, and there's a profound uh, as you were just saying that. Um, well, two things came to my mind. First is um, reflecting on these experiences as we experienced this year we've talked about this before, is, is a mystagogical way of reflecting. So breaking open the mystery um, and, and engaging how did you experience this. And, and like you said, what a profound experience to, to witness Cardinal Tupic, which I could only imagine the feeling of the weight of the world at that moment <laughs> with everything going on, and, and the Spirit moving you to turn um, in, in an act of uh, profound praise and adoration to, to reverence your own crucifix. Yeah. And there's something really profound in that. And um, I think every one of us, no matter where we're at in our, our faith journey, has the opportunity and the ability to break open the experience that we, we've had and to reflect on what is the risen Christ and the Holy Spirit inviting us to learn, to understand, uh, to grow in. 
um, or to be transformed by. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know about you, but on Holy Saturday, I missed the service of light so badly. <laughs> oh my gosh, yes. Uh, the, it's just not the same virtually. No. <laughs> well, again, that's another. That was that was another uh, modification by the Vatican yep. and the U.S. bishops that the service of light would not be part. Um, and and the uh, obviously the service of light is what opens the Easter vigil. Um, we gather in the darkness, and we still did this year. Um, it, the the vigil began um, after dark uh, at Holy Name Cathedral, um, but we gather in the darkness, and normally we would light a, a blazing fire. That's the word that the Roman Missal uses: a blazing fire. Uh, a kind of fire that chases away the darkness, or rather, actually transforms the darkness, um, which is 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 what Christ does, um, and we we miss that this year. Uh, the the Easter vigils um, opened with um, uh, just the the Easter candle already lit, leading mm-hmm. leading the processions. Um, but I really missed that that passing of light and the the blessing of the fire. Yeah, it it definitely is a profound. I know even as a child that was a profound image for me. As the church went from darkness filled with light, as candle after candle was passed, or light after you know the light was passed, um, what a profound image! And to continue to reflect on that. Yeah, and 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 to be even more specific, a darkened church that is filled with the light of Christ. Right, yeah. the, the the risen Christ, and and even though we didn't have, I mean, so I, I think this is a good thing to say. Even though we didn't have the service of light, that light from that Paschal candle was still the light of Christ, and the light of Christ still burns whether there were whether there was the the blessing of the fire or not. I, right, the, the the light of Christ still burns in the world and it's and it's still that one of my favorite lines of all scripture that phrase from john's gospel a light shone in the darkness and the darkness does not overcome it yes and that is still the case this year even though we weren't able to bless and spread the fire for sure the the other thing that that struck me uh was when the exultet was sung because it's one of my favorite images in the exultet and I think early on in the Exaltet, where it talks about, let this building shake with joy. Yes, yes. Um, and it, it just dawned on me watching um, uh, this being sung or celebrated in different uh, churches, as beautiful as that text is, the church was shaking with joy in a very different way. Right. Um, because the voices weren't in there to, to fill it, uh, to resonate in the same way, to really shake if you will. Um, I would like to think, you know, that as, as the community is singing, the walls of the church begin to vibrate, and that vibration <laughs> then goes out into the world. Right. Um, and that good news. And so uh, one of the things I, I reflected on with that <clears throat> was, in what ways um, does my own life, does my living space, does my community shake with joy? Yeah. Does it sound with with the light of Christ, the joy of Christ, um, and, and for claiming that in, in all the deeds and things that we do. And I think I probably came to realize that I'm not always so great at that, but, <laughs> um, but that's what we strive for. Right. That's what, that's what we continue to live into, especially during these 50 days. Right, right. Uh, a very important part of all of that, of course, is um, the renewal of baptism. Uh, and so when we come back from this break, Timothy, we can finally go to the outline we prepared (laughs) so stay with us we'll be right back 
after these messages. Catholic Charity started in 1917, veterans were among our first clients. That work continues today. Each year, more than 20,000 veterans turn to Catholic Charities for support through a variety of services and programs. We provide vets in need with food, shelter, counseling, and more. Our job training program includes job readiness training, resume writing, mock interviews, and job placement guidance. Our supportive services for veteran families offer additional assistance as vets work to become as self-sufficient as possible. With gratitude, our veteran programs are based on the belief that as veterans faithfully served our nation, it is our privilege to serve them. To learn more about our veteran services, call 312-655-7700 or go to catholiccharities.net. That's 312-655-7700 or catholiccharities.net. We invite you to watch Catholic Chicago this weekend, featuring a conversation with Cardinal Blaise Supich and video highlights from across the archdiocese. Here's host Todd Williamson. We'll talk with Cardinal Blaise Supich about how the COVID-19 epidemic is affecting just about every aspect of life in America, including how we worship. We'll talk about attending Mass online and how the church continues to reach out to help those in need. We'll also bring you stories about using modern technology to teach fire safety to our children and when losing your hair can be a good thing for others. Watch Catholic Chicago Friday at 7 p.m. on Chicago Loop Cable Channel 25 and Sunday afternoon at 3 on the Comcast Network Channel 100. Catholic Charities needs your help. Amidst the COVID-19 pandemic, Catholic Charities continues to serve those least able to navigate these extraordinary circumstances, the poor, the homeless, the elderly, and those with no one to turn to. The needs in our community will only grow in the coming weeks and months, but so will the resolve and generosity of countless individuals across our region. With your help, Catholic Charities will be there for those impacted with the food, financial assistance, and other support they need to recover and rise. Please visit catholiccharities.net and give what you can. Welcome back to Focus on the Liturgy here in this second week of Easter. Happy Easter to all of our listeners. Timothy and I are talking about the uh, the, the Easter season itself and, and, and still talking about um, looking back and reflecting on and breaking open the, our experiences of the Triduum, the, the great three days that open up this, this 50-day celebration of the Easter season. Um, and, and Timothy, you had made that point uh, before the break about the, um, the, the exalted and, and um, just how, how participating in it while maybe alone physically um, how just how that that kind of shone a light into other areas of your life, which I think is 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 um, I, I I think that is profound, and that's what that's what this kind of reflection does, right? Uh, when when mystagogical reflection, which is an ancient form of 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 reflection, is um, I mean the the patristics, Cyril of Jerusalem, Ambrose, uh, they all practice this form of of reflection where uh, once you experience something you break it open and you make connections with other areas in your life the fathers of the church did this with the newly baptized centuries ago 
Yeah, and, and we do it year after year because it continues to reveal. Um, I actually like the image you, you use often, or have, I've heard you use, I should say. Um, it's like peeling back the layers of an onion. Yeah. <laughs> um, that, that every time we experience, whether it's the Easter fire or the singing of the Exultet or receiving Holy Communion week after week, we can continue to unpack that and make the connections, as you said, with what's going on in our own lives, with the lives of the world, our neighbors, um, because God continues to reveal God's self in the work and activity that we do uh, day in, day out, year after year. Right. Um, yeah. The, uh, the other, of course, I, uh, kind of the obvious, the obvious element of the vigil that I found most... Um, that I miss the most, that I found most, um, in some ways sad, but in other ways hopeful, is the absence of baptism. I mean, this is the night, right? Holy Saturday night is the night for those elect, those people who are part of the RCIA, the Rite of Christian Initiation of Adults. Um, uh, all, all, all parishes have some form of it, but those those adults who were preparing for baptism when we experienced the COVID-19 shutdown. Um, their, bap- their baptisms got put on hold. They would have normally happened at the Easter Vigil. Um, it, 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 it is, I think, I think in many ways, it's the heart of the Easter Vigil, um, baptism and the renewal of baptism. Um, and that one aspect was missing. How did you experience it? Yeah, I definitely uh, missed it on Saturday night, but one of the, I and it was, a again, a unique experience, but on Easter Sunday morning, um, as part of our retreat with LTP, I think we had close to 100 people um, with our virtual retreat uh, logged in, and at the end, or near the end of the retreat, we did a virtual uh, renewal, and so all of the folks that were presenting, there were about four, four to six people, I think, um, put their cameras on and they turn their microphones on, and the leader of that section read through the the renewal, and everyone had an opportunity to type in their "I do, I do," uh-huh. and then the the presenters spoke, and it was what I experienced in that. Even though we weren't physically in the same space, we weren't verbalizing. Um, we did encourage people to say it out loud in their homes, but also to type it. You could. There was a sense of excitement and urgency, even if people were typing. You could just see <laughs> that this was a highlight, like this was an important part of... We said this at the beginning of Lent, that we're, during that whole season, we're preparing for this moment of coming back and renewing the promises of baptism, so that in the coming months, weeks, years, we continue to live that out. And and so I hope, as families were watching live-streamed um, celebrations, or if, if they were praying as a family, they had an opportunity in some way um, to renew that um, Oh my uh, gosh, yeah. Promise. I, I certainly did. Um, uh, uh, watching, participating virtually in the vigil uh, when the time came and Cardinal Supich um, mm-hmm. led us in. I, I, I was very vocal. I was very audible. I <laughs> To all of those questions, I said out loud, I do, I do, I do. I do renounce Satan. I do believe in God the Father Almighty. I do believe in Jesus Christ. I do believe in the Holy Spirit. I do believe in the Catholic Church. I, I, and and it, 
it didn't feel fake to me. It didn't feel like I was play acting. Tim- Timothy, we mm-hmm. were we were renewing our baptismal promises at that moment. Yeah, I think in that instance, I mean, that's a great example. And I think, and maybe I'm seeking out a term, but I think families could even do that throughout the Easter season on Sunday nights if they wanted. Oh my gosh, uh, yeah. Or Sunday morning as part of their breakfast or whatever, but as part of some sort of prayer, you can continue to... Um, reflect on and, and do that exactly it's so profound and and you you gave a great reminder uh, when when on in our show during lent we we did make the point and i think it's important to make it again the whole purpose of lent was to lead us to that moment when we renew our baptismal promises that that uh, however we observed lent it, it was meant to or it should have helped all of us to prepare to do that either Holy Saturday night or Easter Sunday. And so, and so at that moment, that was, that was the culmination of our Lent, right? That was the culmination of our Lenten journey to stand, or if you weren't standing, I was, I, I stood, <laughs> uh, and, and, and to, to actively, consciously um, renew my baptism. That, and, and, and that's what, that's what this whole season is about. That's what, that's what all of Easter is about is then, okay, how am I different? How, how is Todd Williamson different? Because I renewed my baptismal promises at Easter. And, and not just that you renew them, but uh, that you're renewing them because at, that, at the moment of baptism, you were forever changed. Right. were forever changed. And, and this actually makes me go back to this past Sunday, the collect. Um, and it, just to, as a reminder for all of us, as it sets up, uh, you know, it ends the octave, but it moves us into the rest of, of the season, is it says, God of everlasting mercy, who in the very recurrence of the Paschal Feast, kindle the faith of the people you have made your own. Increase, we pray, the grace you have bestowed, that all may grasp and rightly understand in what font they have been washed, by whose spirit they have been reborn, by whose blood they have been redeemed. Those last three lines are so amazing. Timothy, we, yeah, we, we, have, we, have to, we have to spend some time with those three lines. I agree. When we come back from this, uh, this uh, next break uh, and start the second half of the show, let's, let's look at those three lines, because I agree with you. Those are my most favorite lines in that whole prayer. <laughs> All right. We'll be right back after these messages. Stay with us. nothing quite like participating in a virtual event and Catholic Charities has a great one for you to consider being a part of this spring. The 2020 Blossoms of Hope will take place on Sunday, April 26th. Attendees will log in free of charge from their laptops or desktops at home. Instantly, they will be connected to hundreds of the most compassionate people in Chicago. Blossoms of Hope will feature powerful speakers, moving tributes, and enjoyable online games, all dedicated to honoring those who have been lost to suicide. It will be the annual gathering of those who believe in and support Catholic Charities Lost Program that has been working for over 40 years to help survivors of suicide deal with the grieving process and move forward with hope. Experience how a virtual event can bring people together in the most inspiring way. To learn more, call 312-948-6797 
or visit catholiccharities.net slash lostbrunch. The Cemetery Ministry is a core ministry of our Catholic faith tied to the corporal works of mercy. It's comforting to know that our Catholic cemeteries are caring for the remains of our loved ones awaiting the resurrection. There are 44 Archdiocese of Chicago Catholic cemeteries willing to help you in your time of loss. Call 708-449-6100 or visit catholiccemeterychicago.org. Catholic Cemeteries, serving the Catholic community since 1837. Henry Ford once said, a business that makes nothing but money is a poor business. At Catholic Charities, we are deeply grateful to our corporate partners who agree with Henry Ford. Some of our corporate partners make a financial commitment each year to the work of Catholic Charities. Other partners donate or offer reduced prices on goods and services that help our clients find stability in their lives. Still other corporate leaders gather their employees and regularly volunteer at our food pantries and our suppers for the homeless. For over a century, support from businesses large and small has been vital to our efforts to strengthen the lives of individuals and communities, one person, one family at a time. If you'd like to join us in our mission, please call 312-948-6864. That's 312-948-6864. Thank you. listening to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ 750 AM. Every Monday through Friday from 8 AM to 9 AM, the Archdiocese of Chicago presents programming about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Thanks for letting us be part of your morning. Now again, Catholic Chicago. Welcome back to Focus on the Liturgy, the second half of our show. If you are just joining us, I'm Todd Williamson from the Office for Divine Worship. And I'm Timothy Johnston from the Liturgy Training Publication. I am in studio. Timothy is on the phone. We are uh, co-hosting remote, remotely, and we are breaking open the, the theology, the spirituality, the deep life that is the Easter season. Um, and, and really, Timothy, that, that new life, that that profound change in us that is, is, is really to be brought about every Easter comes through the renewal of our baptism at Easter. And um, right before that break, you, you uh, reminded us of the opening prayer, the opening collect that we heard this last Sunday, the octave Sunday. Um, would, you, would, you read, would you read that second half again? Because I think that leads us into, so well into, into what we want to talk about in regard to the renew, renewing baptism. Yeah, so the, the second half, um, let's see here, where is it good? Uh, that all may grasp and rightly understand in what font they have been washed, by whose spirit they have been reborn, by whose blood they have been redeemed. That's what we celebrate during the Easter season. The whole 50 days, the week of weeks, um, all those, those, those wonderful uh, ancient titles for the Easter season, that's at the heart of it, isn't it? it? It really is. I mean, the image of, I mean, all of those lines are just fantastic, but I gravitate toward the image in what font they have been washed. 
and to reflect upon, you know, whether you were baptized as an infant or an adult or whenever it might have been, to really consider what it means to go into the waters of baptism and come out completely new, completely changed, that you have new life because Christ Jesus died and rose so that you might live. I mean, that's a pretty amazing and profound thing to reflect on. Oh my gosh, yeah. And and just to even like think about the experience of water that you have, the types of fonts you've seen, all of that. That that's just in the in the mystagogical reflection of that, you can continue to break open what does it mean that Timothy, you have been made new in the font at St. Joachim Catholic Church in Old Mines, Missouri? What does it mean that you have been raised in a community of faith who were also baptized in that same font for generations? Oh my gosh. And they go forth, they go forward proclaiming uh, the good news. That's uh, th- That literally is the whole heart and thrust and context of this Easter season that we are just beginning now, just in the, the second week of. Um, y- yes, uh, yes, it, it's the season of the resurrection, and, and yes, obviously, we mark and we celebrate uh, the Paschal mystery of Christ, but all of it is from the context of having been baptized into that Paschal mystery of Christ. You know, right. you know, uh, um, I was 28 days old when I was baptized. I died <laughs> at that moment. I died in that font um, at only 28 days. And, 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 go ahead. And I just have to point, it's not a metaphorical dying. No, it isn't. And, and I think sometimes our, our culturally or sometimes we, we have a hard time grasping that this is what the sacraments do are real. Like it's not, like you said earlier, it's not play acting. It's not a metaphor. It actually happened. So yeah, 20 days you died and was reborn. Yeah. Recreated by the father through Christ in the Holy spirit, recreated into an image of the beloved son. That that's, that's what baptism does for all of it. And so if we renew that, if Easter is all about renewing that and, and living out of that renewal, Oh my gosh, uh, COVID virus or not, we should be living differently for the the last half, a week and a half, and and, sh- and should so be living differently from this point on until we renew our baptism again next Easter. Yeah, it 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 cannot change us. If I th- that makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> I I mean I th- I think for the listeners, I I think a good suggestion would be in as much as you can. For the next uh, uh, six and a half weeks of Easter, keep in your mind, so what? So what that I've renewed my baptism at Easter this year? So what? What does it mean? What is, what, what, how should it be affecting me and the way I'm living and the way I behave and the way I treat my family, even though I've been locked up with them for a month? <laughs> how, how, sh- how should I be different and, and in some ways, if we think about, um, you know, as we, we do that during these 50 days, as we move towards Pentecost, and we keep that question in our mind, um, and certainly beyond Pentecost, but Pentecost is, is that 50th day where we've taken the time to really reflect on, well, so what? Well, now we're commissioned. Like, we are sent. We are, we're told to go forward. We're filled with the Holy Spirit to share the good news, to share the life of, of Christ. 
the life that we have been born into um, throughout the world, which then means we serve the poor, we feed the hungry, we clothe the naked, visit the imprisoned, all of those things yep. um, that, that we can do. But interestingly, and I was just thinking about this as you were talking, is you know the first readings during the octave of Easter, and I think even we could argue the Gospels throughout the rest of the season and probably all the readings, really help us focus back on the back question that you asked. So what? Because it's helping us understand what the early community wrestled with, how they came to understand their ministry in this risen Christ, oh based my on God. following him. So we can turn back to Scripture and reflect on, well, this is what it means to be a disciple. This is the so what. Yep. And so we ask, like, well, what does that mean for me in 2020? Yep. You know what? I agree with you. I think the scriptures are key to the Easter season. When we come back from this break, let's let's look at those. We'll look at the, the Sunday scriptures that we listen to in these great days of Easter. Stay with us. We'll be right back for more Focus on the Liturgy. Where do you go when you realize that you or someone you love needs assistance at home? Where can you turn and know you will get sound advice that you can trust? Catholic Charities Home to Stay program offers competent help and peace of mind to seniors and to their family members. Our thoroughly trained professional caregivers provide companionship, assistance with seniors' basic needs, and help with light housework, all in the comfort of a senior's own home. Schedules can be flexible, so seniors receive only the help that they need and want. Most of all, Catholic Charities has the name and reputation you can count on, with more than 100 years of experience helping people at transitions in their lives. To learn more, call 312-655-7415. That's 312-655-7415. Make the most of each day with Home to Stay. A census is about to take place in the United States. It only occurs every 10 years. And it's extremely important that we all participate. Hello, I'm Cardinal Blaise Supich here to tell you that I recently signed a proclamation of support for this nationwide initiative. I signed the proclamation because I know how critical the census is to our future. The census numbers determine political representation and the allocation of billions of dollars of federal, state, and local funds. Underserved neighborhoods especially need accurate counts so they can receive their fair share of improvements in infrastructure and services. Please respond to the 2020 Census questionnaires. This is for citizens and non-citizens alike. All information is totally confidential and will not be shared with other government agencies. We all benefit from an accurate census count. Thank you for participating and may God bless you and your families. Are you cleaning out your closets this winter? If so, Catholic Charities would be grateful to accept any gently used clothing donations that you have. Winter coats, boots, sweaters, pants, hats and gloves in all sizes are always appreciated at this time of year in our community clothing room. Also needed on an ongoing basis are new underwear and socks for guests who come to use the shower facilities in our Pope Francis Ministries. And all types of professional clothing for men and women are most welcome in our Mary's Closet wardrobe. The special collection of dressier clothes is offered to our clients who are preparing for job interviews. Drop-offs can be made at 721 North LaSalle Street or at any of our regional locations. For more information, call 312-655-7700. That's 312-655-7700. Thank you from everyone at Catholic Charities. 
Welcome back to Focus on the Liturgy here on Catholic Community of Faith. I'm Todd Williamson. I'm Timothy Johnson. Timothy, right before that last uh, break, you you led us into, I think, um, uh, uh, a topic well worth you know, breaking open, continuing to to break open, and that is the uh, the scriptures of the Sunday liturgies throughout the season of of Easter, particularly in this year, particularly in cycle A. I think. <laughs> yeah, for sure. In cycle A, um, especially during the octave, even um, you know the readings are very particular, and the way the lectionary is designed um, to really focus us in on baptism and uh, the the role of well, for the neophytes, as, as they enter sort of into their new life, into their new role, it's mystagogical. It's breaking open what it means to be a disciple. Um, it's very pertinent um, to their life and to our life. Oh my gosh, yeah. The, uh, the, 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 the readings of the, the octave, uh, and the octave for our listeners is that the, the, that first week of Easter, it's, it's, it's Holy Saturday, uh, to the second Sunday of Easter, that's the octave, the eight days, uh, the, the 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 you know the 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 week of new creation, and and all as you say, all of the scriptures kind of help to uh, uncover what does it mean for us for for us, uh, what does it mean to have renewed our baptism, what does it mean to have been baptized into the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, and then and then for the rest of the season, they all kind of just they all kind of uh, the the scriptures lead us into various aspects of what does it mean now that we, what does it mean to live a baptismal life, right? I mean, yeah. and and again, like I said, um, through, uh, because of this cycle, cycle A, uh, listeners will notice, um, well, first of all, no matter what cycle in the lectionary it is, during the Easter season, the first readings always, always, always come from the Acts of the Apostles. Yeah. Only, it's the only time, it's the only time where, um, uh, where the first reading comes from the New Testament. That normally comes from the Old Testament on Sundays. And, then, and the wisdom of that is, is to help um, us reflect on the life of the early church. Right, because they were, if you will, newly baptized. They, they, yep. they, they had been reborn, they had been remade in the power of the Spirit, right? And, 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 uh, uh, and, and in all of that, um, we hear about what, what does it mean for what does it mean for someone who is who has just been remade? <laughs> I mean, they were the the apostles, the disciples, the early church. Um, they were literally transformed from a a, a a bunch of frightened, locked away, pulled away, yeah. <laughs> you know, people into the evangelizers of the world. <laughs> Christ transformed them in just as, as we were transformed in, in baptism. So the Acts of the Apostles is the perfect book of Scripture to hear every Sunday of Easter. And then, like I said, in, uh, uh, in, in Cycle A, uh, similarly, every Sunday we hear from the same book of Scripture in the second reading as well. I was just going to ask, what's your favorite scripture, because you brought up the second reading. Do you have a favorite scripture in these, these weeks of Easter? Hmm. Put you on the spot. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> well, I, I can tell you mine okay. while you're thinking about it, because I think it ties into what you were saying. On the fifth Sunday of Easter, the second reading is First Peter 2, 4 through 9, which is where it talks about living stones. But at yes. the end of that <laughs> reading, which is a beautiful, beautiful image, um, but at the end of that reading, which is, again, one of my favorite readings, 
Um, the last paragraph is, you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people of his own, which again ties back um, or helps us reflect back onto our baptism when we are anointed priest, prophet, and king. Because we have been chosen, we are part of this royal household um, of Jesus Christ. Um, we are a nation that is sent forward to proclaim and to praise God's name. And um, I, I, just, I think that's a fantastic reading in that um, we, we will build up. We are the living stones of the Church, if you will. Oh my gosh, I love that. Um, I, I, and you're absolutely right. That's, all of that comes about we can call ourselves a royal priesthood, a holy nation, only because of our baptism and the, and, and the baptism that we renewed at Easter. The thing, okay, so um, I uh, uh, before I went into liturgical studies, I actually wanted to be a scripture scholar. Um, yeah. and, and it was through scripture that I was taken into liturgical studies. Um, but I love the fact that, uh, and there's wisdom in why are, why is the second reading from the first letter of Peter all Easter season long? That's because the church sees in the wisdom in that uh, that letter was written to a very young Christian community. And so they, they were newly baptized. And, and, and so if you look at it, that whole letter uncovers what does it mean now that you are a Christian? What does it mean that you are a disciple? What does it mean that you have been baptized into Christ Jesus? And so every Sunday in the second reading, we hear from this letter uh, giving instruction on what it means now to be a disciple. So yeah. that's written to us as well. Yeah, and, and, and I, what I love about it is, and again, this is the wisdom of the lectionary, I think, it culminates then at, at Pentecost with that first Corinthian reading where it talks about the different gifts, but one spirit. So we've been talking about all these things in First Peter, and then it it, it kind of is capitulated um, in that image that, okay, we've reflected on this. Now we all have different gifts. How are we going to go do it? Let's go do it. Yep, yep. Like, get out and, and use the gifts that you've been given um, to actually build up God's kingdom. Yep, exactly. And then the Gospels? Let, just a, a few words on the Gospels when we come back from this, because, again, these are some of the most well-known and well-loved Gospels that we hear uh, during the Sundays of, of the Easter season. Sound good? Sound good. All right, we'll be right back. Stay with us for our final segment of Focus on the Liturgy. We invite you to watch Catholic Chicago this weekend. Featuring a conversation with Cardinal Blaise Supich and video highlights from across the Archdiocese. Here's host Todd Williamson. We'll talk with Cardinal Blaise Supich about how the COVID-19 epidemic is affecting just about every aspect of life in America, including how we worship. We'll talk about attending Mass online and how the church continues to reach out to help those in need. We'll also bring you stories about using modern technology to teach fire safety to our children and when losing your hair can be a good thing for others. Watch Catholic Chicago Friday at 7 p.m. on Chicago Loop Cable, Channel 25, and Sunday afternoon at 3 on the Comcast Network, Channel 100. Food pantries, home-delivered meals to seniors, evening-to-go meals for the homeless, financial assistance, counseling, and other services. These are all programs Catholic Charities has been providing for years to people in Cook and Lake Counties. And during the COVID-19 pandemic, we have worked to keep all of these programs going, never turning anyone away. 
The needs are urgent and they will grow, but we want you to know that we will be here as we always have been with food, housing, financial assistance, and ongoing support. Thank you to the many, many donors and partners helping us serve those most in need. We couldn't do it without you. Would you consider joining us too at this historic time? Go to catholiccharities.net to donate and to learn more about our volunteer opportunities. Thank you on behalf of all those we have the privilege to serve. Before, during, and after COVID-19, Catholic Charities is here. Welcome back to Focus on the Liturgy. Even though I am here in the studio and Timothy is remote, we have been texting each other during the breaks to see where <laughs> where where we want to go next, and we both agree. Two main things we want to touch on uh, in this last segment. First of all, the Gospels of the Sundays during the Easter season. Timothy, I am so excited this Sunday we get to hear Emmaus. I mean, we've already heard it uh, uh, during the, the octave week. We heard it last. Yeah. We heard it last Wednesday. Um, but we get to hear it on, on Sunday, and I love, love, love that story. We are all the two disciples on the road to Emmaus. Yeah, it is one of my favorites as well. And as you said before the break, you know, all of these stories are very familiar, and I think Emmaus is definitely one of those um, that, because it's just a great story, um, and, and so many of us, it, it is our experience where we're walking along and we don't think or we don't recognize the presence of Christ um, with us. And at some point, one of my favorite phrases at the, is at the end, we're not our hearts burning within us. Yeah. It's often upon stepping back and reflecting upon the experience when we come to realize how God was moving and present within the experience or the circumstance that we are in. Whether it was uh, a crisis, whether it was uh, mm-hmm. uh, a life-changing event, whether it was uh, uh, a joyful event, yeah, we look back and we realize that he was walking with us the whole time. And then this, and then the, uh, the week after the Sunday, <laughs> I love the fourth Sunday of Easter. Good Shepherd always, Sunday, right? Always Good Shepherd no. Sunday. The gospel is one of the, one of the references that Christ makes to himself about being the good shepherd, about being the sheep gate, about being the one who knows the sheep, um, about the, the one who calls the sheep. It's all of those images are, uh, again, they help to break open. Okay. What does it mean now that I am baptized as a disciple of this shepherd? Yeah. It makes me think of uh, Pope Francis's uh, image <laughs> yes, that, that yes. pastors should smell like the sheep. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I thought the same thing when I was talking. And then the, the fifth Sunday, we get the uh, way, the truth, and the life, mm-hmm. uh, which is, again, a, I would say a pretty familiar uh, passage for folks. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Um, and that's what's paired with the Living Stones uh, reading from First Peter. Right. And I was just thinking, like, again, it's one of those things uh, that you can really just sit and think and reflect on that particular phrase. What does Jesus mean when he says he's the way, the truth, and the life? You know, um, one thing that I, that, I, uh, that I want to make sure we get in, this was the second thing we both agreed on. So we're talking about the Sunday scriptures. One thing that LTP is doing is every Thursday of Easter, the, uh, uh, they are offering a free uh, 90-minute retreat 
all around the upcoming Sunday celebration. So maybe, maybe just to tell the listeners, what is it that we do? Because you guys had the first one uh, last week. I'm going to be part of the one this week. Tell them a little yeah. bit about it. Yeah, so it, it's a virtual experience um, of folks gathering uh, to come together to reflect upon the scriptures in a prayerful way. So it's not a workshop or a presentation per se, but uh, there will be somebody presenting and giving some uh, guidance and reflection but it really is a space then for the participants to type and reflect together through music and art, um, some poetry, uh, depending on who's presenting. I used art and, and music last week when I talked about uh, Thomas, the Gospel of Thomas. And if you're, if you're interested, it's only 90 minutes. You can come to one or come to multiple, um, up to you. But you can visit the website, ltp.org, um, and there you'll be able to find the registration uh, link uh, to to find out how to get involved with that. One of the things I like about it is, is that it's it, yeah it's it's the scriptures and it's and it's and it's all four readings the first reading the psalm second reading gospel but it's also um, the, the 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 break open and unpack the opening prayer. Yeah, uh, op- the, the opening prayer and the hymn of the day. Right, right. To help us kind of break into that. So yeah, so you get really. Uh, uh, a unique way, I think, that we sometimes don't do because, um, you know, we're in these circumstances that we're in, where you can break open the first reading, the psalm, second reading gospel, that opening prayer, um, and really make some profound connections um, for your own prayer life, your journaling, um, and, and certainly you'll hear it proclaimed differently uh, at that live stream liturgy or the next time we're in person. Exactly, and and hear that opening prayer in a different way as well. Mm-hmm. So once again, these are every Thursday of the Easter season, um, 7 to 8.30 Central, correct? Uh, yes, correct. All right, and they're open to anybody, they're free, um, ltp.org. I, I mean, what a great way... What a great way to do everything we've been talking about, Timothy. It, just looking back and re, spending this season through the liturgy, the scriptures, the texts of the liturgy, looking back and reflecting on what does it mean now that I have renewed my baptism at Easter. Yeah, I think it is a unique and special opportunity to do that. We will air our next show in the very last week of Easter. And so just in our planning, Timothy and I talked about we would like to focus that show, we're going to focus that show on Pentecost, which will be the very next Sunday. Um, and, and tie into that, unpacking and, and looking at Pentecost, tie into that everything we've said today, Timothy, in this, in this show in the second week of Easter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it, it is all so connected. And I love Pentecost, so I'm looking forward to this. I am, Talk about the Holy Spirit. I am too, I am too. Until then, until next next uh, uh, month, uh, we'll be back with more Focus on the Liturgy. Happy Easter to our listeners. Uh, happy renewal of your baptism. We'll see you next month. Join us every Monday through Friday at this time for Catholic Chicago. You can stream our programs live or listen to past programs by visiting our website, archchicago.org, and clicking on Radio TV. And please connect with Catholic Chicago on social media.